After Barry's introduction, I'm going to start doing some stretches up here. Kick that devil. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know what you're doing, Barry. You're kind of crazy, but I love it. Uh, man, appreciate you guys being in the house today. I was just talking about relationships, and I just want to welcome you guys one more time. But, um, man, we're not talking about just relationships for the future. We're talking about building them today. And so I'm excited about what God's going to do this morning. I need a little help this morning. Uh, how many of you guys are married in the house? Put your hand up. You guys are married. Where are you guys at? <laughs> Bob, we got to cheer. That never happens to people, married people. Um, I love that. Hey, if you're not married and you're like, man, if God brought the, the right person, Mr. Right or Mrs. Right in your life, you would be like, yeah, that sounds good. Is that you? Anybody like that? Say, man, I, I could do, I say one. There you go. Anybody else? Put those hands up high. Don't be scared. I was going to have you look around, but I'm sorry. It's, it's, there's no hope. You have to come to the second gathering, you know? So what are you going to do? All my jokes are now failed because there's only one person, so we're going to move on. So I've got some awesome hashtag pictures um, of this relationship goals. You'll see these uh, posts online about 15 million times on Instagram. And so this picture, this is a, one of the funny ones I saw. Um, no, nothing says love quite like uh, some birds in front of your picture. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if those are pigeons. I don't know what's going on. Who knows this picture was taken in one take? This is like the first shot. You know what I'm talking about. First shot of Photoshop. Come on, somebody. You know those birds are just put right on top of there. I'm like, there's no way. I've never once in a million years thought, man, I can't wait to get a bird picture. You know, like, i got to have this bird picture. Uh, this next one I think is the pinnacle. This is the summit of a relationship goal right here. Come on. Who, who has done this before? Let's be real. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. There's got to be a pole behind that guy's leg. You know what I mean? Like, yoga is hard by itself. I don't know why you need to add an extra person to that. It's just uh, very interesting. But, man, some, there's some goals, man. Actually, they, they, that, that's actually... That's, somebody, that's my body somebody else's head on down the bottom there, you know, so they just kind of stole my picture, so, man, but so oftentimes we talk about relationship goals, we don't have a goal for relationships, uh, we, we just kind of float, you know, like we have a goal for everything else in our life, our finances and everything, but there's not a goal for relationships, and today we're going to really talk about what it is to follow God in relationships, and I mean, nobody sets out when they buy that nice shiny thing and put on that girl's finger, they don't set out to get in debt and have uh, fights all the time about money, do they? Uh, nobody sets out to say, man, I'll be a, a, a porn addict. Nobody sets out to say, I want to hurt my relationship and, and drift. Nobody sets out to say, man, I'll be a workaholic. Baby, I love you so much. I'm going to spend so much time at work. And, man, I'm going to have a hobby. It's going to take all my energy. I'm playing these video games, baby. I'm going I'm to... I'm going I'm to uh, make it all through this game. I'm going to win it twice. Come on, somebody. I mean, I'm just going to go all the way through this game, babe. I love it. I'm going to build my life around the kids. I mean, nobody says that when they're getting married. Nobody says that, but there's, there's no goals. And oftentimes, we find ourselves in those situations. Where we find about money. Uh, we're drifting apart, and uh, we don't have a clue where we're going. And today, I think we're going to dive back in and look at what God wants for our relationship. So we're going to work through this together. Here are the, the five goals that we're working through. For, uh, through. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we started out, what, we talked about what it is to be Christ-centered. Uh, that we're going to build a relationship on Jesus. It's not just talking the talk. We're going to walk the walk. There's a big difference between calling yourself a Christian and actually living this out. So we're going to be Christ-centered. Last week, uh, we're talking about getting mission-driven. We're on a purpose together. Today, we're talking about devil kicking. I'm, I'm, we're going to be excited about this. I'll have to warm my leg up and talk about kick. Every time I say I'm going to kick something, all right? You guys got to do it with me, by the way. Um, and then next week, we're going to talk about promise meeting. And this is going to be super, super practical week next week. And I encourage you to be here. And last week, we talked about covenant keeping. So I need some help from you guys. It's way more fun if you guys interact with this. You guys ready to say he's with me? These relationship goals. Okay, we are what? We are Christ-centered. We are mission-driven. We are devil. Come on, somebody. Give me a devil kick real quick. Somebody give me a devil kick. I want to see it. Give me a kick. You all can do something. Give me a high kick. Rob got a good high kick. Some of you guys are like, I'm not kicking no devil today. We've got a long way to go today. I'm going to tell you that. We'll stop there. We're going to go on from there. But um, 
I think devil kicking, we're going to look at some major things, what it means to be devil kicking. I think the first thing you got to understand is we're going to stand firm against the devil. Uh, we we got we to make sure that we're going to be grounded in our faith because you have an enemy that wants to destroy everything that God loves, everything God cares for, everything God blesses. Satan is, wants to destroy it, and that includes you and me today. And that's what it says in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Somebody say strategy. strategy. Man, strategy. The devil has a strategy. The devil's not accidentally going to come after you. The devil is planning to come after you. The devil has a plan. The devil is thinking day and night, how can you destroy your life? Just imagine this. You have the father of lies, the prince of the darkness of the air, all the demons in hell looking for a vulnerability in your life, trying to exploit a weakness. He is studying your marriage. He's studying your routines. He's studying your habits. He wants to devour you. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your life. And this is why Paul says in verse 12, he says, we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. We're not fighting our spouse, amen? We're not fighting our children. We're not fighting any moral enemy, that, that friend that fell apart, the other relationships. No, we're fighting against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in the dark world. What we know about, what we know about Satan, know about God, is that what God blesses, Satan's going to hate. Amen? And, and Satan does not like us. He doesn't like God doing stuff in our life. And so if you find yourself struggling in a relationship, I mean, you find yourself kind of your wits end and you can't really get out of bed in the morning because you just don't have another fight and you're upset and you're annoyed and uh, you're, all you can do is focus on uh, the wrong things in your family and, and you feel like you're just not making any traction, can I just remind you today that you're not fighting your spouse? You're not fighting the kids that are driving you up a wall, amen? That you're fighting something you can't see. There's an enemy out there has a real strategy to attack our lives. And I believe our life would be different if we got a notification on our phone, uh, maybe every morning or maybe just one day of our life that said, hey, there's a local prisoner that broke out of prison. He's a thief. He's a murderer. Matter of fact, he's coming after you. He's studying your house. He's stalking you on social media. He knows where you live. He knows your family. He wants to destroy everything you like and love, including your kids. He wants to break in. He wants to mob the place. He wants to hurt you and destroy your home. If you knew that was coming, if you saw that, like the local county jail, there's a thief coming for your house, all of a sudden, I mean, you're going to do something a different. You might be ridiculously on guard. Amen. Some of you guys get that razor wire. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you guys just out there crazy, right? You're going to like be like that doomsday prepper. You know what I'm talking about. You're going to get all lined out. Some of you guys are going to have a home security system, a little motion detector. You guys are going to get a dog that bites. Amen. A little pack of German shepherds. Man, somebody comes to the door, you're ready to stick them at them, right? Uh, you're going to protect yourself. You're going to have a plan put together. Your prayer life is going to increase. All of a sudden, things are going to change. I don't know what your theology is of weapons, but you might find something that shoots. You might find something that stabs. You might find something that you can swing. It might just be a taser. Come on, somebody. Who's got a taser today, by the way? Don't tell us. We don't need to know. <laughs> If somebody would like to get tased, please come to the stage. <laughs> Don't tase me, bro. Anyway, um, I got sidetracked there. But Peter says this in 1 Peter 5 eight. He says, stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy. This isn't a small enemy. This is the greatest enemy, the devil. Why? Because he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone, or should I say some marriage, to devour. Man, one thing we know about the devil, man, he's not going to show up rolling up in a tank. You know, he doesn't wear a uniform. You can't pick him out in a crowd. He's going to come in co-op, you know. He's going to come in undercover. He's going to be subversive. He's going to come in a way you're not anticipating, Some, something that's not obvious, something that's uncommon, something you may take for granted. And so I believe the devil's going to attack us in one or two ways in our relationships. And the first thing is this, by distractions. And the second way is by seductions. So if you talk about distractions, man, if you look at Eve. Man, if, if Eve can be distracted by a serpent that literally takes the word of God that she heard from the, from the face of God and she and she 
believes a lie. Did, did, did God really say that? And she's distracted by the serpent and sin enters the world with, through Adam and her. If, if King Solomon could be distracted from following God's plan for his people and then he starts living in fear of what they might think and he's distracted by the very people he's leading. I mean, if Judas, come on somebody. If Judas can be distracted by 30 pieces of silver. I mean, if Judas can walk with Jesus, I mean, he can eat with Jesus, he can see the miracles of Jesus, and he can still go to Jesus and betray him with a kiss. I'm telling you this morning, Satan can easily distract our lives. That's so important for us to understand. There's a powerful verse, in fact, found in the Old Testament. It's in the Song of Solomon, Song of Songs. I mean, this is an R-rated book in the Bible. Come on, I love this R-rated book in the Bible. Come on, somebody. I mean, it's just awesome. If you're married, uh, check it out. If you're not married, don't check it out. Um, we don't teach this to the kids program, uh, if that's what you're saying. Uh, but he has all these, uh, these compliments, these words of endearment. He's, as Solomon is pursuing after his beloved. And he uses these words like you would never think in a million years would be a compliment. Uh, he's like, your hair are like flocks of goat, you know? I mean, baby, your hair are like flocks of goat. Uh, I mean, your neck is like the Tower of David. Your, your legs are nine-foot poles. I mean, this is what he's saying. And this is like passionate or something, you know? Like he's coming on to her. And all of a sudden, his tone changes completely. It's found in the second, uh, second chapter, verse 14 or 15 says, catch for us foxes. Somebody say foxes. Catch for us a fox. These little foxes that ruin the vineyards and the vineyards that are in bloom. Man, what are these foxes doing? Man, they're running around the vineyard eating all the blossoms so they can't produce a harvest. They can't hit the ground and grow. And so what he's saying is all these little things in life that you, don't take, that you take for granted that you don't see, they're right in front of your face, but you don't pay attention to. The thing that's there, but you don't talk about. The thing that's in your routine, the habit you have, the attitude you have, uh, the, the thing that you, you take for granted, that you think is from God because it's a good thing in your life. These things that run around, they're destroying your future. They're destroying your harvest. And this is what the enemy does. He distracts you like little foxes. These aren't the obvious things. It's like the little things, like comparison. I mean, it's so easy to look at somebody else's spouse and say, man, if my husband was like that or if my wife was like that, man, this guy at work, man, if my husband would treat me that well, you know, we can compare, we can compare people instead of building our husband up or building our wife up, man, we're tearing them down inside our own heads already because we're comparing them to all these other people instead of building them up. It could be like those nitpicky things, like the way somebody chews. Come on, somebody. I told Diane, I was like, man, your chewing is so obnoxious. You had this iceberg lettuce salad, you know, some, some from, you know, Wendy's or something. It's like, you know what I'm talking about, right? And I'm just frustrated. Like I'm there like, like, what is, this is so annoying. She, she knows what I'm talking about. She's like shaking her head. It's like, you get so, you get so distracted by that. One time she told me my, my breathing was bothering her. I just told her I'd stop. You know what I'm talking about. So I stop. You're like, man, pastor's a real person. It's like, yes, I'm a real person. And I'm married to one too. Come on, somebody. I'll just have to stop. Man, sometimes we fight over money. We're distracted by that. We have no plan if Satan can keep you just kind of just living for that next paycheck and the dream of the American dream. And you can, not, you know, have no plan together to save or to be on the same page together. You can just fight about all the stuff in the world that's so peripheral, doesn't matter, the heartbeat of God. If, if Satan can keep you distracted by being controlling, if he can keep you being defensive, he can keep being critical. Some of you guys just nitpicking everything apart. I mean, Satan wants you to be in competition with your spouse. I mean, ultimately, Satan wants you to think that you're right, and it's, you're the only way of doing it, and you're going to conform your spouse to you instead of completing your spouse. And I'm telling you, Satan knows how to push your buttons. It's like Elf. You know, you go on the elevator, it's a Christmas tree. You know what I'm talking about? Like, like Satan knows where you're insecure. Satan knows your fears. Satan knows your doubt. And he's going to exploit that as much as possible. And so he's going to be subversive. He's going to distract you in so many ways. Second thing is this. I believe he's going to seduce you. I mean, Satan's going to use sexual sin. Satan's going to pull you away from the things of God. There's an article that said that 60% of people have been divorced cite pornography as a factor in the divorce. And this is maybe why Paul says this so clearly in Ephesians 5.3. He says, but among you, there must not be even a hint. Somebody say, not a hint. I mean, not a hint, not a whisper, not an idea, not a thought. Like, a hint's like a clue. 
Like it just might be happening. There shouldn't even be that in this scenario. He says, not a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. What he's saying, the Bible's saying, don't crack the door to the darkness. Like don't let this stuff come into our lives. And I think in 2020, I think we all can agree that the door is wide open, isn't it? I mean, you, you, can, you can go on social media and be like, yeah, this doesn't take very far to realize that there is so much out there. Our standards are getting lower and lower and lower of what this looks like. So I'm going to play a little game. Can you guys help me play a game? This is going to be a, kind of those negative games. We're going to play it, so we're going to have fun. Um, but you just tell me, is there a hint of sexual morality in this situation? So if you meet somebody online, you're married, and you meet somebody else, and you go over and you hang out, and you sleep together, is there a hint of sexual morality? Come on, somebody tell me now. You guys, it's like, duh, duh. Well, you know what? In 2020, that may not be enough for some people. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if you occasionally look at porn online, is that a hint of sexual morality? I mean, if you go on Netflix, you're like, oh, man, this is a really good show. It's got that maturity you know, rating on there. It's like for mature people only. And you're like looking at this going, hey, I can watch this. And it's, it's all the stuff happening, but it's not showing you everything. Is there a hint? Oh, now, now we're, oh. I figured we get less and less yeses as we kept going, right? But, you know, is there a hint? Is there a hint when you dress provocatively or, like, or the posts we make or, or the conversations we have or the jokes that we say? Come on, guys. I've been, around, I've been around some of the conversations. I walked up on a few of them recently. It's like, man, there's a hint in this conversation, you know? Like it's just a, <laughs> I hear some chuckles. I liked it. Not a hint, right? The Bible says slam the door. Like, shut it. If you're going to be devil-kicking your relationship, man, you got to walk away from this. This is how we roll. Uh, we go up to the line, don't we? Like, there's a, there's a line of sexual morality. We're like, oh, man, how close can we get to this line, baby? Not a hint, though, but, I mean, right on out. Like, it's like my son. He's, he's three, you know, and I say, don't do this, and he just gets as close as possible. I'm like, don't touch that. You know how it goes. You know, it's just right there, just right on the line. There's a, there's a line. And what we like to do is like to be wrong line because we, we are going to be vulnerable as possible. Like we want, we want to live that experience, but we don't want to step into it, you know. And I want to encourage you, if you're riding a line of sexual sin or any sin in your life, guess what happens when you trip? You, you, you just fall right over, on, over the line, don't you? Because you all know you're tempted to the next step, right? Like if I'm back here, I'm not, I'm not tempted to go over that line. I'm tempted to do this step. But if I'm riding on a line, because this is how we like to roll, because I'm just telling you, like, we like to, oh, we're sinning. You know, like, we just like, go around that line. Nobody laughed at that. That's cool. I know, I know, I know, how, I know how you operate. I do this all the time. I mean, sin is fun. We know that. That's why I got to step back from the line. And this is what the Bible says. It's, it's so clear in Proverbs 4. It says, do not set foot on the path. I mean, if this is a line, and this is the path of the line, you're just going to stay over here. Like, you're not going to go down the path of sexual, of, of sexual um, immorality. You're not going to go over here because the Bible says you flee this. You don't fight this. You know, everything in the Bible that's a sin, you fight except for sexual sin. Do you know that? Like, you're not going to win this battle. So you get to go and back on up, you know, back it up, back it up, back it up. You know, you snap. My daddy taught me good. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the only thing you guys remember today, but it says, do not set a foot on the path of the wicked, not even a foot, or walk in the way of evildoers. Look what he says, four things. He says, avoid it. Don't travel on it. Turn from it. Go your own way. I mean, we all know if, if we're tempted, if you're, if you hang out with somebody and you're like, man, we're not going to kiss because that's old school, but we're not going to kiss, but you're tempted to do what? Uh-huh. You're tempted to kiss, Right. But, but, it, but if your line's like, oh, we're not going to make out, well, you're tempted to make out, right? And if you're like, I'm going to do all this other stuff, but not go all the way, well, guess what? You're tempted to that. And if you're tempted, like, I'm not going to go all the way, guess what you're doing? You're making sense? Come on, somebody. I mean, you've got to back up. You've got to take a step back. you just got to walk away from the situation. It's so easy to be seduced and ride that line, but I'm telling you, you've got to back away from this because you're not going to win the battle. In other words, <clears throat> this is what it looks like. I mean, if there's, if there's an app on your phone, and every time you go there, it takes you to something you shouldn't be, guess what you got to do? you got to delete the app. 
If, if, if you're at work with somebody and uh, they're coming on to you and there's this relationship that you know is like is in the air and you can feel like there's, some, there's something happening, you just got to transfer departments. Come on, somebody. And if you can't transfer, maybe you just got to get a different job. You're like, um, this pastor's crazy, you know? Uh, maybe you're at the gym and you got that bicep you've been working on, you know, and that girl comes up to you. You got a tattoo that looks awesome. It's a bird. Um, pterodactyl bird. It starts, you get older, it just, just a swooping pterodactyl. It gets hanging there, you know. It was a butterfly, and now it's, you know, but you, you, you know, a girl comes up to you, oh, you're, you're a stud, you know, and, and all of a sudden she's flirting with you. You know what you can do? Man, just work out at home. Come on, somebody, beach body. $8 a month. Just go work out at home. Avoid, avoid this. Get away from this. I'm just telling you, there's a step we have to take. Maybe there's a relationship online. Some of you guys are talking to people on social media you shouldn't talk to. You've been talking to people way too long. You've been flirting with stuff, and it's like, man, we don't, we don't have those inappropriate conversations and go there. You just got to take a step back. Get a walk away from the situation. And what I've got, what I've got to learn, and this is something that I had to learn, is, I mean, why fight temptation today if I can avoid it? Like, why put myself in a situation where I can cross that line if I can avoid it? I can just step back, and I don't have to be tempted by that. So I'm going to draw some lines in my life. I'm going to say no to this. I'm going to cut that app out. I'm going to put some, some stuff on my computer. Man, I'm not going to hang out with certain, certain people. I'm going to go to certain places. I'm not going to just have a long conversation. So I'm going to make sense. Like, you've got you to make some steps. Like, why have to be on the line and go, if I trip up, it's going to be bad. If I trip up, I'm a loser. No, we got to step back. And I want to encourage you today to do that, to make that choice. And in this room, there's going to be two extremes right now. Some of you guys are like, this pastor's crazy. This pastor's crazy. Like, he's just silly. He told me to delete my apps. <laughs> he told me to quit my job. This pastor says, you walk away from all this stuff in life. All my friends are doing This guy's absolutely crazy. And some of you over here are going, man, I'm so enshackled in sin. Like, I'm that guy that crossed the line. Like, I'm that guy that's gone too far. Like, I'm the guy living in it. Like, I don't know there's a way out. I've been in this situation so long. Like, I've been condemned. I've been caught. I, I, I don't know what to do. And you're stuck. And there's two different, two different extremes on this. And I think this verse in 1 Corinthians just sums it up pretty well. Paul addresses it. He says to the first one that thinks it's all silly, he says, so if you think you're standing firm, be careful you don't fall. Who knows pride comes from the fall? Some of you guys are standing out line, you're like, working out so far. You know, nothing bad happened in my life yet. Some of you think you got it all figured out, but man, you got to take a step back. And he says this to somebody else that thinks that they're overtaken. He says this, there's no temptation that's taken you. You're not overtaken except what is common to man. Here's the good news. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, man, listen to this. This is so important for your life today. I love this. He will also provide a way out. He'll provide an exit for you. He'll make it a fire escape if he has to. He will give you another option, another door, a way to avoid the sin so you can, be, so you can endure it. You're not here by accident today. Can I tell you that? Like God, if you're stuck in sexual sin, you're not here by accident. God has a way out for you. You might have been seduced in the past. You might be right out line, but today, God says there's a way you can endure it through the cross. And what I had to do when I'm in temptation, when I'm walking down this path, and I'm like, oh, this is right here on the edge. What am I going to do? A moment of decision. Well, I always do it. I think through the worst case scenario. <laughs> I know sound, this is a good message, isn't it? I'm going to kick the devil's butt by being negative. But I'm telling you, you got to think of the path of destruction that's going to go down. So I start thinking about my family. I started thinking about the hurt I'm going to bring on Diane and the kids and, and everybody. There's a lot of people in my family that aren't Christians. And I promise you the first thing you're going to say is, yep, I knew it. That's why I didn't go to church. That's the first thing you're going to say. And I know, I know I'll, I'll, I'll hurt a lot of people here. I mean, there'll be hundreds and hundreds of people going, I cannot believe that the pastor did that. There'll be so many people on my staff. There's so many people in our leadership. They're going to be scratching their head. And there'll be some people that walk out of church and never come back. Am I making sense? So I play that in my head. I'm like, this is the worst case scenario. And above all, the thing that drives me is that one day I'm going to stand before God by myself. My, my best friend's not going to be there. My spouse is not going to be there. My phone's not going to be there. Ain't nobody going to be there. It's just me and God. I'm not going to count for everything I did in my life. And you know what? That adds a little fear in my heart, doesn't it? Because there is a fear of God where you're like, man, I don't want to go down this path. I know God's going to forgive me, but guess what? My testimony, my reputation, man, they're never going to be the same again, are they? 
And so I'm not going to go on that line. So I'm going to say, you know what, uh, devil, not today, bro. Like, I'm going to take a step back. I know it's not as fun. It's not as cool. It's not as awesome. But yeah, this is where God wants me to be because the devil's got a plan for my life. The devil's going to attack my relationship. So you got to be prepared. you got to be on alert. I mean, you got to be ready because the devil wants a piece of your life. And so I have a question for this morning. I want you to really consider this. I want you to think about it with your, with your spouse if you're married. I mean, talk about it in your life group. Talk about it with some Christian friends. This is such an important question to ask and to answer. I think it's going to make a big difference in your life. If you're married, I want you to ask this question. Man, what are we currently, where are we currently most vulnerable spiritually? Where are we currently most vulnerable to spiritual attack? Where is the devil going to come in my life? What window is open? What door is unlocked? Where is the devil going to come attack my life? If you're single, just make it a singular question. Man, where is the devil going to come into my life? Where is the devil going to attack me spiritually? Now I'll tell you something. You're only as strong as you're honest. Amen? You're only as strong as you're You can't look in the mirror and say, you know what? I really have a problem here. Or this is an area I need to shore up. I'm telling you, you're only as healthy as your secrets. Uh, you've got to have people in your life that you can talk to. You've got people in your life that you can be honest with because guess what? If you're going to do this by yourself, man, it's like the devil's playground. I'm telling you, you've got people that are praying for you. People are building you up. People are encouraging you. That's what the church is here for. Nobody's going to condemn you. Man, I hope your spouse lifts you up and encourages you. But I'm telling you, you've got to have these conversations because what God blesses, man, Satan curses. What God loves, Satan hates. Satan wants to take your life down. He wants to take you out of the path that he has for you. And so this morning, you know, we talked about three weeks ago uh, during our first session, we said, pray together with your spouse. Remember that? Take 30 seconds and pray together. You're going to lock hands and pray together. Well, I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to be devil kicking, you got to do something a little more and pray together. Uh, you got to turn the heat up on this relationship. You might start quoting scripture together. Amen. That we're not going to fight the, the earthly battle with an earthly weapon. We're going to fight this battle with a heavenly weapon called the word of God. And we're going to pray together. We might start praying stuff like, there's no weapon formed against me that can stand. You might get a little boldness and say, he is greater in me than he is greater in the world. He is greater inside of me than he is in the world. I can do all things through Christ. Some of you guys are going to stand strong in your marriage together. Some of you guys have to say, you know what, we're more than conquerors. We're more than overcomers. We're victorious in Christ. Man, I'm so tired of living the same path. I'm so tired of being this path of destruction. I want our relationship to be exactly the way God wants it to be. We're going to pray together. We're going to quote scripture. I'm telling you, it's worth it. Isn't it worth it? Come on, somebody. My preaching has been your response today. Is it worth it? I mean, it's your marriage. It's your life. You're going to fight for it. Is it worth it? Is this something you want to do in your life? Like, I'm going to get my legs stretched out, right? We're going to kick the devil's butt because we're not going to give room for the devil. We're not going to ride the line of where Satan can put us in there. We're going to look for those foxes. We're going to say, you know what? We're going to pray together. Not only that, we're going to believe the word of God together. We're going to stand on a firm foundation. I'm telling you something. We're not fighting flesh and blood. I'm not fighting my spouse. we're We're not fighting each other. Man, we're going to turn. We're going to fight for each other. We're going to fight the devil off together. We've got to be a home that's going to be protected by the, by the power of God in our lives. I'm telling you this morning, man, we need to take a moment to focus on how to fight. And if you're a lady in the house, I want to encourage you. Man, just be as gentle as possible here. But, man, if you're married or you're dating somebody or whatever, don't, don't be tearing down your spouse. Don't be tearing down the person you're with. It's so easy to be critical or, or to gossip or to hit that minor key. <laughs> but it's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to have some bitterness and, 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 and some hurt. Can I, can I say, take all that passion and energy you put into everything negative and put it into prayer. Like put it in prayer. Start praying for your family. Start, if that person annoys you, just pray for them even more. I promise you, I got people in my life that annoy me. Now, you know what I find myself doing? I find myself kneeling on the side of my bed and praying for those people and asking God to work in their life and changing who they are and making a difference. You can go up to your husband and say, you know, I still believe in us. I still believe in you. And if you don't feel like you can handle that because it's like, man, this just doesn't feel like I, that's where we're at. Just say, I, I believe in Christ in you. Man, start planting some seeds. All of a sudden, you'll start some, see something come alive inside of him. Something rejuvenate, some kind of spark in their life. And for you guys out there, let me just give you a little bit of encouragement. And uh, I won't probably be as nice as it was to the ladies. Man, start leading, amen. Start leading. Like, this is your family. Don't let Satan fight harder for your family than you. Like, get up and pray. Like, bring people to church. 
be serious about God. Don't quit on your spouse because you had a bad day. Don't take your work home with you. Like, can I just be a little more aggressive with you guys? Like, you are wired to fight. Come on, somebody. If somebody broke into your house, are you going to hide in your bed and be like, my wife's got it? Heck no, man. That lamp becomes a nunchuck. You know what I'm talking about. You got the white ties on. You're going to go after it. Like, you're going to fight for every piece of your family. You're not going to let Satan take a moment of your family. Pray with your kids. I mean, you're missing out so many blessings if you're not leading your family towards Jesus. I'm telling you, it's the number one thing that you're called to do as a dad is to lead your family to Jesus. I mean, to be that example. I mean, if you don't feel like you got it, you don't. God's got it. You're not fighting for a man. You're not just fighting as a man. You're fighting as a man of God. It's God who's doing it for you. You're going to pray. Just start praying. If you, if you don't pray as a, as a dad, I mean, you're missing out all the things that God wants you to do. Like lead your family. Don't lay for somebody else. Don't let somebody else fight for your family more than you. Don't let some other guy step on your turf. Man, get up and be like, no, this is my house. That is not today, devil, amen? I'm gonna stand up and fight for the things that God wants me to do. Now I believe God's asking you guys to stand together, man, to be Christ-centered, man, to be mission-driven. We're gonna be some devil kicking. Somebody give me a devil kick one more time. I know you guys can do this. You guys can do it. We all can kick. Yeah, <laughs> you gotta stretch out before you come to church. Come on, people. <laughs> man, we gotta do this together. I believe Satan's had so much glory in our families, so much glory in the church, so much glory from sexual sin. I mean, we've been distracted by so many things. Today is the day that can change everything. You know, my favorite thing to do is to, to sneak out to the back during, because that's what all good church people do. Um, but I let sneak out to the back after preaching, and there's a song we do right after we preach. And, and I sit in the back, and I get to see you guys worship. And that's one of my favorite things to do, because I'm in the front, I, I just see the band and all that. But when I'm in the back, I get to see you guys. When I see you guys, uh, my favorite thing is to watch the couples, when they put their hand there and they're saying, man, not the day devil. And they put the other hand around their spouse. And there's worshiping God together. I'm like, man, that is so awesome because I see these stories. I know you guys, some, most, most of these stories, but I know the stories that you guys walk through. And you're saying, you know, I'm gonna follow God today even though my family's not perfect. I know you guys have financial battles. I know the scars of abuse, I mean, the pain of, uh, of job losses, I mean, of, of wayward kids. I mean, you guys have been through the ringer and it's been hurting. We come to church together. I mean, you're locking arms and you're saying, God, we're going to follow you today. Not the devil, baby. We're going to stand together. We're going to stand tall. I'm going to tell you something. If you're going to follow the things of God, it's going to take some work, isn't it? It's going to take some tears. It's going to take some honesty. It's going to take some integrity. It's not going to come easy. It's not going to fall magically. You're going to start killing some foxes. You're going to start looking for stuff in your life that you know is taken away from God. You start finding some habits and some addictions and some attitudes and some negativity. I Man, I could be the most negative person in the world. I have to remind myself, stay positive. Do, 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 do. You remember that series? <laughs> it's all in my head. I'm like, come on. I still can't sing the song. So not that I can sing any song, by the way. Um, but I'm just telling you, we got we to gotta get serious about this. Like we can't let Satan win in our marriage. I mean, if he can win our marriage, he's won everything. I mean, our life depends on this. You've got to fight like it. I'm telling you, you know, as guys, we're wired to die for something we love. Man, we go to war. We fight. We take, we take charge. I'm telling you, God does not want you to die for this. He wants you to live for this. Amen? He wants you to fight for it. I mean, if you're not a person of prayer, become a person of prayer. Well, how are you going to do that? Start praying. You know, I know it's kind of crazy when we're going through church planning stuff. They're like, you have, you have to be spiritual. I know that's kind of crazy. Like, we can have a great marketing strategy and not be marked by God. Like, we can do the Christian thing and not have Christ inside of us. Like we can show up and, and do the motions and go back home and do whatever we want to do and come back next week. We can do that real easy, but are you marked by God? Is there something in your life that distinguishes you because the power of Christ is inside you? If you feel like you're not enough, well, welcome to the club because we're not enough because Jesus is enough for us on the cross. And so we're going to change who we are because of who he is. He's our power. He's our strength. He's our source. And through him, we can beat the devil. I'm telling you something. God calls us to attack the gates of hell together. I believe this, just like, just like, uh, 
Barry's going to talk about a little bit, um, but we're going to push through together. We're going to be, be united. We're going to do more together than we can apart. I'm telling you, God put you to spouse for a purpose. Man, I could not imagine running this race without my wife. I couldn't imagine doing that. So I'm going to build into this. Amen. I'm going to make this my priority. I'm not going to make other things, money, success, my kids. No, I'm going to get my priorities right. I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm encourage you this morning, man. We're going to be devil kicking church, man. Are you guys ready for that? Come on, give God a shout of praise if you're ready to do that. You're ready to fight for something. Some of you guys, you get your gloves on. I'm going to come back next week. Somebody's going to get a hat tattoo. <laughs> they can have a picture of them with somebody on their legs like this week because you had a goal. And you're going to start fighting for your marriage. Some of you guys are going to change your life around in five years from now, three years from now. You're going to look back and you say, you know what? I thank God that I fought for my marriage. I thank God I get the blessings of my grandkids and the blessings of my kids. I thank God I get to, they say this, the longer in the vineyard, the sweeter the fruit. The longer you fight for the right stuff, the better life gets. I mean, today is a hard day for some of you, but I'm telling you something, it's worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it, man. The things you're going to see happier in your life because you make a decision to fight for your marriage is going to change your future. It's going to motivate you. If you're a young person, you're like, man, I don't know if, I, I don't know if it's all worth it. It's worth it. It's worth it, man. Don't, don't be on the line. Now, some of you guys are heading out to college. You're like, man, at that line, you know, all, all, the, all the guys are doing it. Everybody, no, they're not. Not every guy's doing it. I'm telling you, just stay the path. Stay the course. Fight for it today. Father, come before you. God, we thank you so much, God, that we can be devil kicking. God, I pray you do work inside of our hearts, God, that only you can do today. Ms. Reflect and pray, no matter your relationship status, you recognize that you're in a spiritual battle. It's a battle not just for the future, but it's in the present. It's happening right now, and you want God's power. You want God's way. You want God's timing with his weapons and his purposes. I mean, if you want God's way today and his timing with his weapons, if that's you this morning, you just lift your hand high. Put God at the center of my marriage. I'll put center of God my relationships. I'll be devil kicking this morning. I see hands across this place. Father, we come before you. God, we thank you for your spirit moving. God, I pray that we would just be focused on you, God. We wouldn't be distracted by things in the world. God, we wouldn't be seduced into sin. God, we wouldn't lower our standards. God, we'd just be different because we can, because we're trying to follow you. God, I pray for a miracle to happen in marriages today. God, I pray that, that relationships get healed. God, that we restore that where we were before. God, we walk together, that we know our spouse completes us. And ultimately, if we're not married, we know that in Christ, in him, the number one thing that completes us is Jesus on the cross. And we're not looking for somebody else. We're not codependent. God, we're dependent on you today. Man, there's nothing, no sin greater in our life than you can forgive. And so this morning, we're going to open our hands and hearts, and we're going to start over the fresh play, a page, a blank, blank slate in front of you, God. And we're going to say, not today, devil. We're going to be in our marriages, God. We're going to be strong for you. God, change us from the inside out. God, make us to be fighters. God, fight for our marriages. God, I pray as, as husbands and fathers, God, that we would not be slack. God, we diligent. We have an enemy, God. There's notification that comes on our phone every single day that the devil's out to get us. And so we're prepared. God, we're going to work hard. We're going to pray hard. God, we're going to serve hard. We're going to protect our house. And as you keep praying today, man, nobody looking around. Man, do you believe I told you how much our God loves you today? Man, he's been trying to get your attention for your entire life. Man, you may have heard in a song, you may have seen him in a sunrise, maybe felt his presence one time at church a long, long time ago. Man, our enemy is doing everything he can to distract you, to keep you from living from the fullness of him. He's been keeping you busy. He's been keeping you in seductions, keeping you distracted. Man, all things in the world. Who is Jesus? This is good news this morning, man. Jesus is the sinless son of God. He came, sent from heaven for us to forgive us on the cross. The Bible said that he became sin for us on that cross. He forgave every sin, past, present, and future in your life. You don't have to clean up your mess because he rose victorious from the grave, defeating death, hell, and the grave for you. And he's offering the free gift of salvation to you this morning. The Bible says that anyone calls in the name of Jesus will be saved, will be set free, will have new life. 
Man, there's those of you this morning that you can sense that you can sense there's a bigger purpose. You know you're not here by accident. There's a divine purpose in your life today, man. The enemy is doing everything he can to stop you from following Jesus because he knows when you follow Jesus, you got a new name. You got a new future. You are forgiven. You are set free. And so maybe this morning you want to say, you know what? Not today, devil. You want to say yes to Jesus. You want to say yes to forgiveness. Yes to new life. Yes to hope. I mean, if that's you this morning, you want a relationship with Jesus, without me looking around, would you just put your hand there and say, I want Jesus in my life. I want to say yes to him today, maybe for the first time. I see your hand. Anybody else say, saying yes to Jesus? I need him in my life today. I mean, if that's you and you want Jesus in your heart, I see, see some hands. Maybe just pray this prayer. Just say, Father, thank you so much for sending Jesus. Man, you sent your best to us, God. I've been doing it the wrong way. God, I've been living my own path. You call it sin. God, I've been doing it apart from you. But today I want to follow you. God, I want a new path and a new plan. God, I'm tired of Satan getting glory for my life. And so, God, I need you. I need your hope. I need your forgiveness. I need your strength. And so today I give you my life. God, I want to serve you. I want to follow you. And I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give for those who came to Christ.